There's Josh. The big winner himself. Didn't he also win the uh, Generate Taillights? Well, he can't win. It was uh, he's uh, it, it wasn't him that called. So we have to send it to to the person that called in. This is dad. Oh yeah. What his dad does with him, you know? I think it'd be pretty cool uh, for him to hang that over Josh's head. Hey, my my yard needs mowed over here, so you know, come over right. and pick up your tires <laughs> if you can find them. There's somewhere. Every time you come mow, you'll get one tire. <laughs> there <Sorry>. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Regular product giveaways happening here on the Jeep Talk Show every month and sometimes every week. The world's most downloaded Jeep podcast will be giving you, the listener, a chance to win serious gear from major companies that you know, love, and trust. You want a chance to win tires, suspension components, maybe more? Listen every week for your chance to win big. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Dog Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And well, I think that's a huge deal. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Mighty ho, there's Zoom people. We've got the uh, Zoom people mic uh, open uh, from the start of the show. Uh, I know that's a bad idea, but uh, I think mm-hmm. it'll be fine. Oh. <laughs> hey, uh, we mentioned this in the newsletter. Uh, the newsletter kind of went out a little a little late today, so I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. Uh, but we, uh, we're going to be doing uh, a giveaway this week from the Gear Spot. Do you guys remember the Gear Spot? I do. Yeah, uh, yes. They they have that yeah. that snappy advertising called uh, the G Spot. You can find the G Spot at thegearspot.com. So anyway, uh, <laughs> this week's giveaway is the Gear Spot, uh, thegearspot.com. Get get loose items off the floor. Keep your stuff out of uh, sight, out of the way, and ready to roll. Overhead storage for your Wrangler TJ, LJ, JK, YJ, JKU, JLU, JL, and JT. They have two different me- two different models to pick from, depending on which one of those that uh, you have. So check it out today at thegearspot.com, and uh, that will be uh, our uh, reoccurring giveaway from thegearspot.com uh, this week. What you need for camping, Larry? It's really cool. I like the one in the Gladiator, um, and it doesn't block the uh, the rearview mirror. I'm not sorry, it doesn't block the view through the rearview mirror. So the, that's really cool. And of course, a lot of you guys, as Wranglers, you you've been saying for years, what's a what's a rear view? <laughs> I can see as a tire. <laughs> hey, are you new to the roundtable? Perhaps new to the Jeep Talk Show? Well, welcome. The, the Roundtable is listeners like you that connect with us on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. You don't have to be invited. You just need a Zoom meeting link and a password. Everyone is invited because everyone has an opinion or something to share. To get the meeting invite information, subscribe to our newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Hey, you guys, I don't know if you remember or not, but if you would, uh, before you answer your, uh, your first question or make your first statement, make sure that you uh, give us your first name and general location. Uh, latitude and longitude is not necessary. All right. Hello? And I think this is going to apply to a lot of people. <laughs> what was your first Jeep? And do you regret selling your XJ? All right. Steve from Chicago. My first Jeep was my 98 <laughs> XJ Sport. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I absolutely, re- I regret it to a point. I mean, I bought a WJ with it, which I got a lot of good years out of. Uh-huh. But. It was 
the time I didn't have the money to put into it. You know, I was young, starting a new family. So, and I it was in '98, and by 2003, I had already racked up like 150,000 on it. So oh wow! It was it was one of those things. It just wasn't worth the money at the time. Knowing now what I knowing knowing now what it was worth, I was stuck it in the store somewhere. Yeah. Well, you probably couldn't afford it. It'd be like it would have been like me trying to do that with uh, my first uh, my first car or my first first truck. I just couldn't afford to do that. Uh, that yeah. you know that little bit of money I needed to get the next vehicle. It, it did give some off-road time. I took it to Camp Jeep out in Colorado in 1998, which was a lot of fun. Uh, something Jeep doesn't do anymore, but pretty much they put on their own Jeep Jamboree back then. Oh, interesting. And that's, and that's where I actually tested the, uh, they had the 98 YJs there, the pre-production models, which were $100,000 a piece, and you got to t- test them off-road. And of course, you're being really careful, really nervous with them, right? And then I asked the guy who was riding along with me, so what are you guys going to do with them? Oh, we're going to crash test them. Well, then screw that. After that, I beat the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. But, so yeah. so you got a, a WJ? Is So I guess you, uh, was it, did it have the V8 in it, like uh, Chris's uh, WJ? No, it had the six. Oh, okay. Well, then you didn't have a problem with dropping valve seats. <laughs> <laughs> that Jeep took me to 180,000 miles on that one as well. And it was so running great when i got rid of it it was just a matter of i had the opportunity to get a vehicle with fifty thousand miles on it at the time and i was getting nickel and dimed by the wj you know small stuff everybody here may not have the same heavy foot that i have has has anybody else had a problem with breaking mains or just destroying an engine just simply because you drive it too hard no that, no. It's just me. I've no. gone through several engines. I went through a 327 that I I built from uh, some, from scratch, getting a, a block from a junkyard and uh, taking it to the machine shop and all that stuff. Broke the main in that. Uh, what else? Uh, the, the only the only engine that I haven't ever broke, and actually I did break a 4.0, but that was uh, not, uh, it wasn't my design. It wasn't my heavy foot. Uh, but the 4.0 is just so stout. It's just engines scare the hell out of me you know whenever because it's so much work and uh, potentially a lot of money when they break that's the biggest thing i missed about that 98 xj was that 4.0 all right so the first question is what was your first jeep and do you regret selling your xj now of course that's a joke because so many people seems to be their first jeep was the xj but uh i guess rich is shaking his head he still has an xj <laughs> this is tony from michigan um my first jeep again was a uh 2001 jeep cherokee sport with two hundred and twenty-five thousand miles on it it still sits in my driveway and has three hundred and fifty thousand miles but the motor's not original right it got a donor at three hundred and ten thousand still that's pretty damn good there's it would take a lot to get that jeep off me at this point (laughs) i'm gonna get it down the road (laughs) that's tough yeah well i just use parts off my other xj and put it in that when i want to use it (laughs) this is uh john central texas so my first jeep was not an xj so i'll break the trends for a minute i'm sure we'll go back um, but uh, mine's the JK that I still have, and I just got it five years ago, or yeah, five years ago now. So 
I, I don't plan on selling it. It's right now. It's kind of uh, just going to keep keep growing. And every time I get the itch to go buy something new or something like that, instead, I'm like, you know, what what can I modify on the JK and just have something that's still paid off kind of thing. So I can spend what I would have paid on a down payment on something new or whatever it is with this, and, and instead, that's a lot of money that can go towards pretty good mod. And then I feel like I'm driving a brand new vehicle anyway. Right. Yeah. So right now, the I guess the big thing that you're looking at is uh, an engine swap. Thanks to Bill. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's definitely on my list. I've been wanting to do it for a while anyway. Uh, it's not something that's going to happen anytime you know soon. I've only got less than thirty five k on that three point six. So it's just you know it's not anywhere near like Tony was talking about near a thousand miles. I not even close to that yet. So. But I, I definitely Hemi Swap will be in its future at some point. Um, right now, my next big mod is shocks, so I've got to got to fix a and just like me, it's kind of turned into a fat boy. So uh, need to need to get some some help in the in the shock department. Right. So uh, we're talking about Bill because Bill just got a, uh, a three ninety two uh, JL. It's a JLU, isn't it? Uh, it's a four door. Yeah, it's, it's, that's the ninety two has to be a four door. Yeah. Oh, does it? I didn't. Uh, wow, it would be nice if you could get a two door. You know, lose a little weight, a little more horsepower uh, to the ground that way. Uh, that'd be a little. That'd be a little <laughs> squirrely too. Oh, short that that's okay. That's okay. But yeah, uh, is pretty spike, So yeah, but Bill uh, ATX here in the Zoom room has a, a 392, and uh, I was just going to mention that uh, you know when you do those modifications to your Jeep, it's 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 not something that you can. It's like an investment because you're never going to get the money uh, that you put into it out. And this goes for race cars or pretend race cars or anything. Uh, but if you do like Bill, put everything back to stock before you sell it, I, I guess you can get a, a good price <laughs> out of it. <laughs> so who this else? Is, who this else? is Josh from Utah. Yeah, go My ahead. first Jeep was a 2000 TJ. That's not a bad one to start with. Uh, no. Very similar to an XJ, at least in drivetrain. Unfortunately, two months after I paid it off, I was in a head-on collision, and the insurance company totaled it. Oof. Did you get a, some good money out of it? Uh, I was never made whole. Oh, that's that, too bad. Kind of hit me. Didn't have proper insurance. What color was it? It was that copperish color. That's a shame, and I bet you really hated uh, not only being in the accident but uh, losing that vehicle that way. Yeah, it it hurt too. Were you okay? You passengers saw it just fine. I I was driver and I walked away from it. What what what, uh, what, what hit you? I, I don't want to say. I don't want to make. I don't want to ask the question like what if you were at fault or the other person was at fault. But uh, what did you hit or what hit you? Uh, car crossed three lanes and hit on me. You got multiple DUIs at six o'clock on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> Five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> He must have been in a Zoom room, uh, Zoom meeting earlier, uh, talking, answering questions while he was drunk. Yeah, it's it's weird. The hoodie I was wearing has a permanent seat belt mark on it now. Wow! And the ink on the hoodie is smeared. Man, oh man! All right, who else? What was your first Jeep? This is Rich from Colorado. I had a 1980 J20 pickup. Oh wow! Wow. That was actually a Air Force utility truck. So that was that was a fun one to have. I I definitely regret getting rid of that. Thing. I bet you do. So uh, how did you come upon that? 
Um, it was actually my second vehicle. Uh, I had a, dare I say it, a uh, Honda Civic as my first. And Tommy Bell went bad on it. And a, um, a friend of my sister's was like, hey, I got this old Jeep truck if oh, you want gee. it. I'll wow. sell it to you for, I think at the time, it was 800 bucks. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I just need something to drive and drove it. The whole time, I, it had they had one of those utility beds on the back of it. that had all the compartments and everything. Oh, wow. That's nice. I was like, I want to I take the bed off and do a whole, like, the tube rear end and everything to it. And then uh, I, I ended up moving jobs at that point, and I was... I was only 16, so I could barely afford anything anyway. And driving that big old V8 around, <laughs> I couldn't, I just couldn't make it happen. So I ended up getting rid of it and got a uh, Volvo. <laughs> so when you say get got rid of it, you sold it to somebody else that could have fun with it? Yeah, yeah. And I actually found out a few, few years later that he was still driving it around. Wow. And I wanted back but i haven't heard anything since then so now now it's lots cause so you you got it for 800 how much did you sell it for uh i think i sold it for 1200 there you go that's what i'm talking about oh little profit going on there that's not bad at all drove it for free with minus uh maintenance and gas oh yeah Hey, this is Luton Lenny from the Discord channel. My first Jeep was a 1980 CJ5. And yes, I definitely regret getting rid of it. I bet. Uh, so I figured we were going to have some uh, some older, some pre-Wrangler uh, Jeep owners in here for their first vehicle. How did you mm -hmm. How did you get that one? I traded a uh, Chevy Suburban for it. And then um, I had the Suburban to tow a camper, got the Jeep, then had no way to tow the camper. <laughs> right. But I love that Jeep and then end up trading that for a three-quarter ton pickup so oh. I could tow the camper. You traded down. Yeah. Yeah, then, but if you got a camper and you can't tow it, that kind of sucks. The CJ just had some problems that I couldn't I couldn't afford to deal with at the time. Right. But, what uh, what engine was in it? The 258, I think, 256, mm -hmm. straight six. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And it had a four-speed transmission. Well, very cool. Did we did we catch everybody? Did everybody that uh, wanted to talk about their first Jeep? Chris, what did you have? Is, is the one you have now your first Jeep? No, no. Chris from Detroit here. My first Jeep was a red 1990 YJ. Oh, that's YJ. right. That's right. Red 1990 YJ. I certainly regret selling it. Uh, <clears throat> my current Jeep is a, is a JK with a six-speed. The YJ was a five-speed. And <clears throat> somehow it went through two clutch plates and uh, talking about, you know, hard pedal or driving things uh breaking stuff it for some reason had defective clutches twice uh before seventy thousand miles if you can believe that wow but um i'm being facetious i was 16 at the time when oh, i acquired it i thought you were talking about the, the jku now i see what you're saying no, the yj no, yeah. I'm, not, no okay. I'm saying they fixed they fixed the bad clutch problem since 1990 so now the the JK is just good to go 140 plus thousand miles on the original clutch plate. So shocking, Very nice. Very but nice. uh, I certainly do regret, uh, regret selling that Jeep. And, uh, I even regret, I have no pictures as proof of oh, it either. No. So, 
So, so do you still occasionally uh, put the pedal to the floor and s- slide your foot off of uh, the clutch pedal? I don't. I don't. <laughs> Just slide I, it I to learned, the side. <laughs> I, lear- I learned my lesson, and a JK, a four-door JK is so darn heavy. I, I think you could probably pop a plate real easy. <laughs> Uh, so if and when you need to go with another uh, another uh, clutch on your your JKU, are you going to go with a uh, a center force? Yes, absolutely. The center force. I think uh, Andrew has it on his LJ, uh, the uh, heavy uh, the heavy weight flywheel as well. I know they were a previous uh, previous interview, I recall, but uh, definitely center force dual mass with the uh, heavy heavy flyweight for sure yeah that centrifugal force uh get you up and over the rocks or zombies or whatever the hell you're driving over absolutely all right anybody else want to talk about their first jeep this is bob from colorado and my first jeep was an old cj that was given to me i never drove it never did anything with it my brother-in-law's played with it and then sold it and i got my second one was the one that brought my love of Jeeps was an 89 YJ Sahara. So does, uh, does uh, Travis know you guys used to have YJs? I, I've told him. I'm sure that he and I have talked about YJs before. Yeah, he still, and if everybody doesn't know, Travis, uh, he hadn't been with us here much since he got the, uh, the job uh, selling, uh, selling Jeeps. I, I don't know. I guess he's got respectable hours or something. And uh, but he's got a YJ. It's that, that, that's a, a, a I think it was his first Jeep. But uh, anyway, that's who we're talking about. Travis. Travis is a a big YJ lover, but currently in a a four by E. Took me a while to get the name right, but uh, Jim uh, was a, a good teacher. Jim and Tom both four by E folks, not four XE. You know that's going to be somebody's first Jeep in in twenty years. Somebody's going to ask them what was your first Jeep, and they're going to say it was a hybrid electric. And the crowd will go, ooh. I feel sad. I feel sad for that person. Uh, yeah, so do I. If <laughs> he does a four by, because the E is going to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, not, not to get off on this trail, but I, I know the electric vehicle is, is going to be something in the future. We're all, all going to love it. But we just need something that uh, either stores a lot more uh, energy or produces its own. Uh, I'm hoping for fusion reactor, onboard fusion reactor. It comes fully fueled for the life of the vehicle. All right. Well, let's move on to the next question. Uh, Were you disappointed to find out putting large tires on your Jeep was just a fraction of the money that you would have to spend? And did you find out after you installed the wheels and tires? <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't surprised. I, I, did, I knew it was a rabbit hole that once you start, you just keep going down and down. And but, you, no but you know what I mean for those folks that just go, oh, I, I got a Jeep and I want to put big tires on it. And I want to do 37s and the, the whole nine yards. And then uh, I don't know if, they, uh, if somebody tells them or they find out after they get them that it just... It, it doesn't accelerate very well, and the gas mileage goes to shit, and, you know, and then it maybe like, maybe you take it out wheeling and you break something. I think well, you'll find a lot of new people that it's their first vehicle that, that may shock them. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been around juice for a while. I'm, no surprises here. Well, we have a lot of new listeners, and so one of the reasons why I asked this question is because a lot of the uh, new listeners may not realize this that it's not just simply a matter of putting larger tires. I had to learn that lesson whenever I got my uh, my brand new 1983 
uh, Chevy a fleet side short wheelbase four by four and uh, put 37 inch tires on it and was wondering why the hell it just wouldn't accelerate very very well. I learned the lesson on my uh, not on a Jeep, but I had a, a, a Cat Eye, if you don't know what that is, the 2004 2500 HD. Um, it was a Chevy Silverado, and it was my my original 84. We didn't care. We put big tires on. It, it, it was a slug before I did that, but this one. Everything else I started having problems, but not just from acceleration, but your steering starts having problems. It's an IFS up front, so all that stuff starts going crazy. And and I remember like, you know, well the tires didn't seem that expensive, and then you know six months after I had the tires on, I'm another fifteen hundred dollars in suspension and steering replacements, right. just not upgrades, just trying to keep it keep it going. And that was and that was a, a a big kind of a shocker for me, new to the doing it right model right because like i said my old silverado the original truck i had was an 84 square body and that thing you just you couldn't kill so you know you just throw it on there and let it ride but that that cat eye was that was a pretty big eye opener on what happens when you start putting big tires on it mm-hmm. and if if you're new and you don't know what we're talking about um you have uh, something that's a the overall um, is it gear ratio? What's the thing, the, the overall uh, gearing of the of the vehicle? I mean, I think it's the overall gear ratio whenever you calculate how uh, what, the, what the gearing is with the transmission and the various uh, various gears and stuff. Uh, but that that changes rather drastically whenever you put larger tires on, depending on uh, the size of the tire was on it and what you're going to. And now that overall gearing uh, is going, um, I guess, up numerically. No, down numerically. I always get it confused. It sucks. So going up hills and stuff, you have to drop down a gear or two. And uh, it doesn't accelerate very well. And these are all things that happen because of that overall gear ratio of your vehicle that changes. So what you have to wind up doing is changing the gears and the differential uh, the the differentials uh, so that you can uh, get that uh, uh, get it back closer to uh, factory or even better than factory uh, and a lot of people do that for uh, rock crawling they want something that has a very high gear ratio um, for for that and now you start talking about uh, what is it guys about uh, was it still about a thousand dollars to get the, the the front and rear diffs uh, uh, changed out and another five hundred or so for the gears front and rear or about right for just the gears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're you're talking about some some uh, decent money, and you got to find a good shop to do it because the the differential gears are so critical. Any little mistake there will uh, will tear up all the 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 new stuff that's being put into it. Not only, that, not only that, you got to worry about the other parts wearing out your ball joints and just everything else like that. Bigger tires, but it stresses on. That's true. Everything else. Yeah. There's, there's a whole industry of uh, ball joints that uh, are rebuildable. <laughs> so now they they have them so that you don't have to replace them. You can just rebuild them. Yeah. So it's a it's a rabbit hole that you go down, and it's it's the main reason why I say no modification goes unpunished. Larry from St. Louis area. I think that's true with by any vehicle. Once you start modifying it, it's just oh yes. You, you go down a rabbit hole. You don't. You never really fully realize and how far down you go because a lot of times you never get to the bottom of it. No, 
well, since I'm doing this, I, I'll do this. <laughs> right. You add a lift kit, all of a sudden you're changing pinion angle. Now you have to adapt for that. Then you have to buy a whole new kit for that. Oh, we, we don't even want to talk about, well, I'll make this stronger. And then this is the this is a more more expensive thing that's going to break <laughs> because this is so strong. So what do I do? I really want to make this strong or have this weak because it's easy to change and it's cheap. You know, so it's 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 really all in all, it's really interesting. Even though it, it can be very frustrating and costly, uh, the 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 knowledge that you gain uh, really is very impressive on how things work on the Jeep. This Keith from Pittsburgh. I found a buddy of mine. A ninety-one S ten. He put bigger tires on a broken axle because <laughs> he put too big of tires on it. Yep, there's a lot more to it than just buying the tire. And uh, uh, like that, like in the question, it was it's only a, a really a fraction of the price. Whether it's maintenance or things that ha- that need to be changed for you to be able to uh, maintain driving with those uh, those tires. Looks great sitting still though. Another another thing yeah. is uh, making sure you start out with something that's right. Today we just had a uh, TJ that came in, and the guy had some issues with it. And sure enough, we're just kind of looking it over, seeing what he needed. And I was spinning the back wheels. I was like, this one wheel is not turning the rest of the driveline or the other axles or oh, the other no. So I was like, there's... There's something weird going on. I pulled the plug on the cover just so we didn't have to open it up completely. And sure enough, there's glitter in the oil. And I can just barely look in there and see some chunks out of some teeth. Oh, okay. So we finally opened up the cover, and he has a Dana 35 with 33s, and all the spider gears are toast. Detachable mm. axles. Hey. Yep. Dana so, thirty five. He's he's lucky he didn't take out a full square city block when it blew. Yeah, <laughs> guy, supposedly he just got it and he was he was wanting to do all kinds of stuff to it. And now we're like, well, you got to spend some money just to make it roadworthy again. Did you at any time use the the term polishing a turd? Yep. <laughs> so well, now we're thinking he might be considering a newer Jeep. Well, I mean, there's uh, what what uh, what Jeep was it again? It was a TJ. Oh, a TJ. So uh, the uh, did you tell them about the Ford eight point eight? Uh, no, that's, not yet. We that, that's the general thing that people re- replace the uh, the thirty fives with. Yeah, I don't know if he wants to go that far with it or just take that money and put it into something newer. Well, tell like him. Tell him you'll buy it from him for five hundred bucks. Well, that's that's kind of what we're hoping for. Maybe he'll move on, and uh, my boss wants to buy it, so he can end up having his own project. Yeah, yeah, I like, so, uh, I really like the TJs, and that's a shame. But uh, so ha- was he off roading to do that, or was he just on the on the road uh, and tore up the thir- the thirty five? Uh, he actually he. He didn't know what was wrong with it. He showed up, and the first thing we noticed was the all the linkage on the uh, transfer case was just just all over the place. Really, and he had a rat trap holding the the lever for the transfer case into gear for some reason, and so 
we just started looking at everything just to see what to get it roadworthy again. Mm -hmm. And I guess he got it as like a hunting rig, kind of just have fun. Uh, yeah. This is also the kind of guy that he he doesn't really want to put too much money into it. So right. Well, maybe you maybe you can uh, make it a survivor. Uh, and I actually, I guess you you could put a, another Dana thirty five in it. That probably would be the cheapest way to go. Yeah, we're well. The the rest of the axle and actual shafts are okay. It's just really just the uh, carrier and spider gears. How the hell did he do that? I mean, or whoever did it. It's an open carrier too, so we have no idea how that happened. Hmm, that's just so strange. You never know. You you see crazy things uh, when uh, people uh, bring jeeps, and I guess it's really all kinds of vehicles that you see crazy things on. All right. I'll, uh, I'll post up the pictures on the Discord. Oh, the good. Yeah. I mean, we've mentioned Discord a couple of times. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, we have a Discord server. It's kind of like the Zoom meeting, except it's just uh, like texting, you know, chat type stuff. But we can also put up uh, pictures of things. And uh, that's what Rich is talking about doing. So uh, if you'd like to join our Discord server, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Scroll on down through there. You'll see lots of uh, great information about the show, how to contact us and stuff. And there is a, uh, a link, an invite uh, to the Discord server. Love to uh, have you come there and join us. You, you never know what you're going to uh, see what's being talked about. I'd say most of the time it's, it's something Jeep-related. You never know what you're going to unsee as well. That's right. Now, and the, no, actually, that's things you can't unsee. <laughs> All right. Well, I see Travis has joined us. We were talking about you earlier, Travis. There's been lots of uh, YJ talk here, and uh, and then uh, your name uh, obviously came up uh, uh, very uh, very quickly on that. What was the last time you drove that YJ? I mean, since you have the the four by E now, it's well, it's been over a year. Um, I took it in the shop a little over a year ago, uh, getting transmission work done on it. And I told him, take your time. And he has successfully done that. Um, <laughs> not that much time. <laughs> I told him, I'm, I'm not in a rush. I'm like, I'm not in a rush. I understand. He, it, the, it's a local shop to me. Um, neighborhood shop. Literally, when I say neighborhood, it's less than a mile from my house. And I was like, hey, take your time. I understand people have their daily drivers that they need fixed in a hurry. Uh, he's got one part he's remaining to get in and he said, I'll have it back. But it's been over a year since I've been in the YJ. Um, but he's cleaned up a lot of stuff that, you know, there, there are certain parts that I can't fix or I can't do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to pay people to have done, um, where I don't trust myself when it comes to normal maintenance. I'm right. like, yep, yeah, I'm going to pay somebody to do this. He's cleaning up a lot of work that they did. Um, I've been very impressed with where he's at and what he's done. Um, but hopefully here he's, he's told me it's going to be waiting on that one part to get delivered and I'll have it back out and it will quickly be off road. If I get it back before the parks close, you get it back and then it is take a, it out it, there and have fun with it, which is great. Yeah. And then damage it and have it put back in a shop if it's something I can't fix. Well, I wasn't going to jinx you by saying uh, that, but I did cross my mind. <laughs> uh, well, it's 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 and if that's the case, I'll I'll be happy because I I tore it up off road. Yeah. Um, wow. transmission. You know that's that's what a Jeep's for. Uh, it's to go off road. It's to do things. It's to 
push it to its limits and I have no problem dumping more money back into it when I break it. The wife going to be following you in a 4xE off-road? 4xE will be off-road. It still has not. Um, hopefully this weekend, actually, Saturday and Sunday, there's a big event. Um, again, I don't want to go off-road alone. I will never do that. Um, I know a thousand people in the off-road community that go off. It's just a matter of which one of those I want to go with, and I want to take it. Um, but it's also limited to I have Sunday only to do that now mm -hmm. compared to my previous you know, jobs. Uh, and Sunday, it limits down who, what, when, where. Mm -hmm. Not where. It's always going to be the same spot. But need to build you know, a have a rock pit built at uh, at uh, at church and then the, the people just go out there uh, during a break and uh, do a little wheeling so uh does anybody that give you a hard work. time about your electric jeep uh you know your jeeper friends do they give you a hard time about your electric jeep not for the most part um until i prove it or disprove it off-road as of right now, <laughs> the now most, most of the feedback they're getting is is impressive um, and everything I read, research, it's impressive what it hap what what it can is capable and can do. Uh, I'm wanting the my YJ to get fixed so I can put the four bay in the shop and I can daily drive it to work and get mine lifted. But until I have a second vehicle, I can't do that. So that's another goal. Like get the YJ fixed, I can put the four bay in the shop and then I can take it off road. Because I'm going to go off road. It, it will happen before the end of the year. I keep saying that. My last event got canceled because of N. Thanks, Hurricane coming mm -hmm, through. Mm -hmm. um, but I will, I will get it off at some point. Well, actually, and I'll truly see then where yeah. it's at and what it can do. Actually, that dovetails uh, very well into our our next question here on the on the show. Uh, what is keeping you from taking your Jeep off road? Nothing. Nothing. Going to work. <laughs> I think <laughs> work. I yeah. think everybody here uh, goes off roading, but you know we have listeners that uh, haven't taken their Jeep uh, off roading. So think back to whenever you had your Jeep, you hadn't taken it off road. What was holding you back? Well, I just bought a new Jeep here in the past two weeks and had two hundred miles on it. And I already off road. Was that because of uh, prior off road experience, though? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it made it easy for you to, to take it off road. You knew what to expect. Uh, how about that? Uh, how about when you had never gone off road, and you, especially when you have a brand new shiny Jeep? And uh, uh, were, were any of you under the impression that you had to make modifications before you could take it off road? Uh, growing up on a farm, uh, yeah, I learned to drive. I mean, I was in that, I was in that boat of thinking that. So when I got mine, the very first time I took off road um, was out to the. As I said before, right, I was out to Hidden Falls Off Road Park here in Central Texas, and I just stayed on the park roads because I mean, I, I had a Rubicon, but I was not wanting to take because it was also my first Jeep, first mm -hmm. time. Before that, all of my off roading had been mud pits, right? Just hit the hole and hold the throttle down to get to the side, mm -hmm. or you don't. Um, but this was the first time actually trying to go out and do like actual off-roading and that was it was a little scary so i think that if you're going to say what's the main thing I, early on it was just fear of the unknown not knowing 
not knowing what I had, not knowing what the Jeep was capable of or anything. And so I immediately started modifying it before I ever really wheeled it stock, like really wheeled it. I mean, I took it out and like I said, went around the park roads, but you know, I had three and a half inch left and 35s on it really quick and uh, kind of went from there. I, I never modified my 98 XJ other than putting all-terrain tires on it. And I took that out in Colorado on a lot of trails and down here in the local club, I did some. But Jeeps are very capable off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to go do trail, was it 15 or 16 at Windrock with the stock Jeep, but you just got to, luckily I was with a group of people and got into a club and learned real quickly watching them what I shouldn't do. <laughs> Did uh, did any of you guys uh, go to an off road class uh, uh, to learn what your what your Jeep could do to answer that kind of la- answer those questions of instead of me breaking breaking it and finding out the hard way, let me uh, go someplace where uh, they'll they can uh, show me what it what's safe to do and what's not safe to do. No, I never have. Mm-mm. That's Tony. You say that, and that's what my last event this past weekend was supposed to be it was an off-road class and i signed up for the intermediate um but you know like the yj i grew up with so i was i was a young man years ago before social media um was around and uh, like a a kid i pushed that thing through anything and everything Mm -hmm. and i learned and now going through that with my 4xe i have zero doubts with a stock with a stock jeep I have zero doubts in what it can do and what it can handle. Does that mean I don't want to be educated in an intermediate class? And I was so excited to do that. Um, Even though I do have knowledge, I do have experience. I do know what Jeeps can do. I've not been off road in my brand new Jeep. It's going to perform better than my YJ. It's going to do things that my, my modified YJ cannot do and i was really excited about hearing and learning it from experienced guys that have been in the newer jeeps that right. have you know the, the the bells and whistles that you and your jt you're like hey it's got this um i have no doubt that the jeep's going to handle phenomenally um there there's going to be some issues i'm sure i'll run into but i'm only held back because of work and you know time frame and again who i'm comfortable with who i know that truly knows even more than me working at a place that sells the things and you know has been off road my entire life that doesn't mean i know everything when it comes down to it when i'm off road right well Um, and i bet you you there's things that you could do in the yj simply because you know it and you know what to expect from it and uh and you and you don't have that level of experience yet on the the four by e so uh right yeah so it's it's really good and that's a that's the great thing about taking an off-road class what do you guys that does anybody kind of have a negative connotation of taking a an off-road class like that's not for uh that's not for real men damn it uh you get out there and you learn it the uh the the hard knocks way I just don't think they. I knew about them back in you know 1998. We didn't have the internet as prevalent as we do now, mm-hmm. so right. we just didn't have the opportunity. I would have probably done it. I think it's a really good thing, especially for uh, relatively new Jeepers who are just getting into like a newer JK. Don't know what it's gonna do. They can learn all the 
all the ins and outs before they're put in a real situation or try to just jump out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think newer is you know needed because even Tony has attended them now. And and granted, Tony, you've not been off road that much. You have got your Jeep set up and built your XJ set up and built more situations and but you've not been truly off road in my years of listening to the show like i've been off road quite a bit in my day but i'm not a new jeeper by any means i'm in a new vehicle but just the education i learned from others you know like when i hear chris talk or larry talk or you know bill talk it just it's education and the more i'm open to listen and get the feedback i'm going to learn more it might not be the way I do it, but I'm going to respect everybody's opinion and learn more in every situation. Right. Very cool. So, so yeah, it sounds like here I'm, for I'm this group, we don't have anybody that is, uh, nothing's keeping you from taking your Jeep off road. But like John said, uh, whenever he uh, first had his, uh, his JKU and hadn't taken it off road, uh, the Jeep specifically, he was uh, a little concerned about uh, what to do and where to go. Uh, I guess, uh, even though I'm not a big fan of clubs, I guess uh, uh, at least uh, going where there was uh, getting involved in a club might be a, a good help of uh, maybe some people that are knowledgeable. Of course, I think it's hard to find, figure out if, how knowledgeable they are. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess that scares me the most. <laughs> well, back, back then, all that's all there was with clubs. You didn't have the social media right right you now and you can still get that same experience the groups are just posting hey a bunch of us are going here there there's an off request there and you have that you definitely have that advantage today than you did in the past mm-hmm. yeah well and, and also too i guess uh, there's no yelp reviews for uh, for jeep clubs but i guess indirectly there is you can kind of get a feel for the jeep club by based on uh uh, the people's uh, posts and stuff, and it seems like there's always that uh, that person that says, "Well, I'm I'm leaving this group. I just want to make sure everybody knows <laughs> I don't like it." Yeah, I, I, I always appre- I always appreciate when somebody makes a just a bold statement like 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 I or anybody else gives a damn. But I appreciate them <laughs> saying, you know, I've had it with this and a long dissertation as to why. It's like, well, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, uh, but. Uh, uh, yeah, you have those situations. People are disgruntled, and uh, for for right reasons, wrong reasons, and maybe their ex- expectations weren't uh, weren't met. We've been out on the the trails, and uh, the last couple of times, like the very last time, Bill and I went out to to Hidden Falls, uh, came out. They weren't total newbies, but they were definitely uh, new to the park. So I think one of the other things about if, if that's what's keeping you from really getting off road, if you get out there. You can fall in with other Jeepers that are out there. They're really, That's really true. Good, uh, taking you under their wings. I I did that once when I went out by myself. I actually took my boss out. He wanted to go wheeling. And we went out there, and I was suddenly realizing, you know, uh-oh. And uh, we actually fell in with a group. They were a club called Infidel Jeepers. I'm a, I think they're pretty popular or whatever. But, you know, Infidel, they said, yeah. yeah. They were like, just jump in with us. Follow us around. And I know Bill and I kind of did the same thing. Bill's done that a couple of times out there. But um, we let this this group, they just kind of jumped in behind us and they would kind of watch us attempt an obstacle or attempt a, a part of the trail and make their mind up whether they wanted to or not. They, but they could see, you know, real, real time, somebody going through it in line. And, and I think having that confidence that someone else that you perceive to be experienced with you, um, that, that's a huge help. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and actually, that's a the good reminder for the the Jeep second uh, annual Jeep Talk Show event at Hidden Falls uh, that we had back in June. We had at least one, maybe two. Uh, people that uh, asked if they could join in on the the trail ride because they were out there by themselves, and uh, we said absolutely. But just place this sticker on your forehead, please. <laughs> 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 but uh, so that's certainly that's a that's a good uh, a good uh, uh, not idea, but a good thing to keep in mind. Just just ask if if people say no then uh, he dodged a bullet. <laughs> but the, I, I would say that the majority of uh, Jeepers do not mind. Uh, the more the merrier. Uh, and, and besides that, they're probably going to say, hey, I went out wheeling and uh, we had uh, the, you know five people join us or two people join us or an elderly couple that joined us. It it's always makes for an interesting story. All right. So, it's a family. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's a family. It doesn't matter. I, I had that conversation today with a customer. Um, bought his daughter a Jeep, and it's her birthday. And 16? I had a previous customer. Uh, she was seventeen. Um, bought her a, a, a fifteen Sahara JL, JKU. Um, but he was just talking, and and I was talking about with another customer, and he's like. The other customer, Brian, he, he was like, your, your daughter's joining the family. She's going to, you know, have, it doesn't matter what's going on. Your daughter's in the Jeep or Jeep breakdown side of the road. She's going to be protected by the Jeep family and someone's going to help her. But it is a family. And, and that was a customer that's got an AV V8, like 17 JKU that he ordered. You know, we had it sitting on a lot and he bought a few years back. But he's like, you've got a family around you, and they're going to take care of her, and she's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted you to know that. And, you know, I was introducing him to clubs in the area to, to have him go off-road and everybody else. But it's a family. Well, you know, Tra- you're Travis, new to a trail. Travis, did you tell him that it's the kind of family that puts the fun in dysfunctional, though? Did you tell him that part? <laughs> it puts the F-U in fun. I, I, I did not mention that. But, I mean, that's that's the Jeepers way of life. You know, once you're in it, whether you regardlessly know it or not, you get family members that are going to protect you and look out for you. You know, some some like in every family, there's misguided individuals that, that might go the wrong path, but... The majority of us are going to take care of one another and lead to a trail or guide and protect, you know, for the most part. You know, you've got the one crazy stepbrother that you know, is going to take you down the wrong path, but you're going to have fun doing it, you know, in that Jeep. But, but, to, know, be f- be but, but to be fair. I heard, I heard F you. Was somebody talking about me? I heard F you. <laughs> when are we not talking about you, Bob? <laughs> yeah, it's. it's the Jeep community. It's a good group of people. And yeah, we've got we've got bobs in every group. <laughs> but we all have good intentions. But to be fair, uh, Travis, uh, you're doing much better now. But I, I try. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not drinking as much. I've got a slight buzz tonight, but I had a good conversation with Katie, and I'm like, I'm going to be well-behaved. I don't need to be Chuck. Chuck took my rank. <laughs> drinking on these Zoom meetings. I'm like, let me go back and be halfway decent. He, Chuck, he lets you have a Chuck. back when he's a host. He lets you have that back. He well, he, he's too good for us now. Chuck, no, one uh, took your, no one took your role in that, Travis. That's Chuck out, Chuck. Uh, out Travis to Travis is what you're saying. <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's get to this uh, this uh, this final question for the night, and then if we get finished early, we can just talk about anything. Uh, uh, would you buy a self-driving Jeep? And how about one that wheels on its own? Hell no. No. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you this. In my life. The idea of a self-driver to get me back and forth to the brewery would be pretty awesome. You know, so, you know, well. That's going to be interesting <laughs> to see. Bill, if I- Bill, Bill raises his hand. He's the one that doesn't know. <laughs> this is Larry from St. Louis. I think that's a great idea from the standpoint you put that at the trailhead. That way, when you break down or anything breaks, you send it to the auto parts store. <laughs> kind of like Lassie, you know. Timmy's down in the well, and he runs back and get the parts. It's it's a, at AutoZone going, beep, 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 beep. What's that? What's that? <laughs> Larry's in a well? He comes back with a little note in the seat that says automatic or manual. Right. <laughs> it is needed fluid. <laughs> Cherokee or oh, Grand wow. Cherokee? <laughs> two wheel drive. Is that the two? Is that the two O or is that the three point six? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, I've got the most electrified Jeep that I would ever own. I, I don't want any more, and I bought mine with the most bells and whistles you could have. You know, earlier this year, and I enjoy it and I love it, but. I, from my Tacoma, which would keep itself in its lane, um, to my Jeep now that does not do that. It's got adaptive cruise and some of the things Tony's mentioned through the years. I own a Jeep. I want to go off road. I want to drive it. I don't want the vehicle. And and, and yet, and I say that as I've not been off road in it yet, I don't want it to do everything for me. That. I want to be under my shoulders and, and my wing. I don't want a Jeep to drive it off road. I don't want a Tesla on the trails. Um, I respect Tesla on the road, what it can do, but no, I, I don't need an automatic drive itself vehicle. Well, I'm not going to say Jeep is doing this, but you guys know that even off road vehicles, I think Land Rover was actually looking into this a few years ago, where because off roading is dangerous. So you would, uh, they were looking at something they, that you would actually exit the vehicle and then it would go over the dangerous obstacle and then you would re-enter the vehicle and continue on. Ah, oh, what the heck? <laughs> That's what where your that? adrenaline comes from and the fun, right. The fun and the adrenaline come from doing the obstacles of going off-road. I mean, what's the point of, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to sit back and have it done for me. That's the adrenaline, the, the sure, drive sure. that makes yeah, me want to go off road. That ever, sounds like the electronic you, version of hold my beer. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just got my. What's the level of difficulty it would actually activate if it's just like a small hump? And the trail, you have to get out before it'll go. Yeah, over it would. It. It, it's not going to. It, this, it's too dangerous for you. You know, it reminds me of that joke that I say on here occasionally. Uh, the 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 man that was so lazy, he married a pregnant wife. So it's kind of the same thing here. It's you catch you an off road vehicle in Pennsylvania with our potholes. It's going to stop in the middle of the road and go get out. Oh Make God! Go the There's places that you, you wouldn't be able to go. Anything you'd be doing more uh, walking than, uh, than than driving. What is it? Everybody complains about the potholes in Chicago, isn't it? I just got my 23 JLUR, and 
I got I didn't get any of the safety features. I ordered special that way. I didn't want any of that. Yeah. I get drove insane just having cruise control uh, traction control on any of my vehicles. Yes. I always shut that off. Oh, <laughs> uh, you have to still uh, get like the does the Taser Mini does that disable traction control completely? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it does. It does on a JL, yes. Alright, because I know uh, just pressing the button does not do it. Put it for, put it for a low. Adaptive cruise, like I've got full advanced safety. And I've, I've bought every advanced package there was uh, because I did it. But the adaptive cruise, I'm in love with except when there are certain vehicles that it'll slam on its brakes and i'm not a fan of oh really so so certain vehicles it will it will slam on the brakes with the jeep is what i drive semis i'm driving semis right now and it's got a radar and if somebody slows down in front of me it'll actually slam on the brakes on me it'll yeah and in my jeep's the same way there's there's or even in their turning lane and I'm not. I'm in my lane, and they merged off the, and it slams on the brakes. But yes, I'll set mine. You know, certain, and adjust my distance. And for the most part, I love it. Oh, there it, are moments when I hate it. Yeah, I would think adaptive uh, cruise would be wonderful, but I didn't know that I it had this kind it. of issues like this. I thought about getting that in the Gladiator because I thought, you know, going out uh, places like uh, I got about a three-hour drive to Hidden Falls, and uh, it'd be very nice just to turn on that adaptive cruise control. But of course, I have this this idea in my head that it works perfectly. So this is interesting to hear that it, it doesn't, and it makes it, sense that it wouldn't work perfectly. I drive right. 500 miles a day, and I can't stand that adaptive cruise control. I do 25. It slows down. For the most part, it's 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 great. My twenty five point seven, and again, I'm in a Jeep. You're driving a, a tractor trailer. My twenty five point seven, ninety nine point seven of the time, it's perfect. But then there's that one little percent. Whereas, you know, I'm driving, and in my commute to work, it's a fifty five mile an hour speed limit to a forty five through one little town, and then it's back to fifty five until I'm at my town I'm working in. And it's in heaven. It's perfect. I set my cruise and I can just hit a button on my steering wheel to drop it down to from 60.61 miles an hour. I drop down to 50 and I have no issues, but there's occasional turn lanes or different things where people are in and it will slam on a brake and drop me to 35 and it's miserable. So is it, it when you say slam on the brake, is it enough to uh, make your beer spill? Spill? It's enough to, to put Waylon, who's riding passenger shotgun with me, into the floorboard. And then he jumps back wow. up. Wow. Wow. So. It's so bad on, on icy roads. It actually caused me almost jackknife because of that. Yeah, yeah, that's the that, and that's the bad thing about these these thinking for us because I, I think it'll eventually get uh, where it is uh, really really good, but I don't think we're there yet. It's kind of like the electric vehicles. Electric vehicles are the future, but the the batteries really just aren't there yet. I mean, when you start talking about five hundred thousand miles on a charge, now you're really talking about something that's uh, much better than uh, internal combustion, at least uh, for the 
uh, the the distance that you're driving. So that's our questions for tonight. I really appreciate you guys uh, giving me your answers. It's always fun uh, hearing what you guys have to say. Uh, and uh, just want to remind you that uh, coming up this Thursday, we're going to have Charlene Bauer uh, from the Ladies Off-Road Network. That's episode 693. And uh, just remind you again about the newsletter. If you're not signed up for the newsletter, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Scroll on down through there. You'll see uh, the newsletter where you can sign up. It's just putting in your email. And then uh, once a week, you'll get a, a message about reminding you about the uh, uh, the roundtable meeting, how to join. And uh, uh, for the last several weeks, uh, what our uh, weekly giveaway item is. Uh, what else is in there? So just, you know, and some of the, uh, maybe some of the episodes that you haven't, uh, it, it, I guess it's a, a nanny reminder that you need to listen to all the damn episodes that we have now since we have uh, four episodes a week. So, uh, you know, we're here every week, four times a week. Join our roundtable recording next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central Time, and you can be part of the show. And really, that's the most important part. Podcasting since 2010.